As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome back to the latest edition of Until Saturday. I'm Ari Wasserman, joined by David Ubbin, and we have a very special guest. Boss Man is here. Is that, <laughs> can I call you that, Stuart Mandel? Boss I'm, Man? No, it's, let's let's not do that. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm nobody's boss on here. I mean, I am afraid of you, though, so that that you still always have that. Um, last time Stuart and I were together, we both played blackjack in Vegas, and we both had 250 bucks and lost eight hands in a row each, and then we're done. So uh, hopefully that the show goes a little bit better. media day, though, right? Yeah, it was um, yeah. Pac- Pac-12 I, championship game I last did very year. well when I was there in July for um, media day. I got in, got out, took my money, used it to upgrade my Taylor Swift seats. You know, oh, wow. it was, it was that's done really well. I did pretty that's well in, in a down. short amount of time. Yeah, I don't even want to know how much it costs to upgrade your Taylor Swift seats, but I hope you had a good time and I hope you did one of these when you were there. You know, you really got into it. Uh, we've got a really big show for you guys today because I have or we have a game that I think that the entire country is on the edge of their seat to see in the uh, Michigan Penn State game. Are we starting with time. Iowa Rutgers? Nebraska, uh, Maryland? <laughs> I'm excited to watch all of them because I'm that's who I am. But um, let me formally introduce everybody and welcome you to Until Saturday's Week 11 Pick Show. Uh, again, we have that Michigan game. We have Nebraska Maryland, and we'll get a little bit into the Michigan controversy again uh, until this uh, finally resolve itself in 2028. We'll we'll talk about it. Uh, can Lane Kiffin take down the Death Star and USC's game without? Alex Grinch, first game without him, I should say. Be sure to follow the podcast on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcast and drop us a five-star review if you'd be so kind. Uh, Subscribe to the Until Saturday feed on YouTube. If you're here live joining us, we appreciate it. We go live four times a week right now. Thursday for the pick show, Saturday reaction uh, after the games are over, Sunday sound off, and Nicole Auerbach and Chris Vanini on Tuesdays for playoff reaction. Um, If if you're here live watching the show on YouTube and you want to be in your car, working out, pumping iron or something, and you just want to listen to the audio form, be sure to subscribe to the podcast feed. The link to both feeds can be uh, found in whatever show's description you're listening to. Also, be sure to leave a voicemail on the Until Saturday phone line at 316-462-9852. Again, that is 316-462-9852. You can also text that number, but we will certainly favor the 
voicemails because we'd like to hear what you have to say. Comments, questions, concerns, angry, happy, sad, anything you have to say, get off your chest. We want to hear it and we'll play it on the show. Lastly, subscribe to the Until Saturday newsletter where you'll get your daily fill of college football news right to your inbox. That link is also in both shows' descriptions. And you do not have to be signed up for The Athletic to receive that newsletter, though if you're not, I don't know what you're doing with your life. That's it. I did good. Let's go through the picks Wait, now. I'm How about curious that? About, I'm, I've always been curious, though, with the Sunday sound off. You know, it's yeah, not exactly yeah. an easy phone number to remember. So, you know, do people, I'm wondering, do people, like, they're listening, they're like, oh, I got to enter that thing into my contacts in case I, I want to leave a voicemail on Saturday nights Sunday. Because yeah. the Saturday night calls the best ones. The or do they have it on hard. a little piece of paper? Like next to their on their nightstand or something before I go to there bed. There are tonight, people who I have gotta, been calling in from the stadium. So yeah, I don't this know is what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, worst hat I've worn in a while. This is a retro Suns hat. Watch your mouth, <laughs> Daniel. Okay, Tom Chambers um, original. So we have a lot of picks. We're going to do ten. We've got the superlatives at the end of the show. It's a very important week in college football, not just because of the off the field discussions that we've continually had to have, but also just games. And listen, guys, the playoff starts now, huh? The playoff starts now, Dave. Sure. For who? <laughs> for everyone. It's the <laughs> sport. Right, we, don't have, we don't have time for this on the it's pick the show, Ari. It's the sport. When you lose, there are consequences. It's great. And then cherish it because it's the last full month of regular season football where that is the case. Why don't we start off with the biggest game of the week? Uh, Michigan 9-0, 6-0 in the Big Ten, minus 4.5 on the road at Penn State which is 8-1 and one and 5-1 and one in the Big Ten. Their only loss came to Ohio State in a somewhat close-on-the-scoreboard game in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, we are recording this on Thursday around noon, so if news breaks about Jim Harbaugh or um, anything else happens in the scandal, which is probably guaranteed because every day mm-hmm. we figure out uh, Connor's – I mean, he might have another side hustle. Vacuums now. I don't know. Something <laughs> later. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Listen too, like I don't know why people are making fun of him. Like that seems like a very tenuous side hustle. Like if Except you, if you're see, good, it didn't sound like he was very good at it. Based on the no, reviews. did you see like some of the awful Amazon reviews he gets? I mean, <laughs> our podcast gets some similar reviews, but we try harder at least. Apparently, he's much better sign stealer than he is. Uh, you know, vacuum. It's not even the vat. Like he sells cameras and stuff on on um, refurbished yeah. stuff. Yeah. Well, anyway, I mean, everybody does to- certain things on the side to make a little extra money, I think. But like, if you aren't good at vacuums, then why would you choose that? It sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he just loved dust. I don't know. It's a, it's, it's just weird. Like, He's probably if some I was kind of drawing dust. up. If I was drawing up, maybe the funniest side quest of this entire saga. It's hard to beat poor vacuum repair man. Um, that's unbelievable. Poor vacuum repairman lining him up in his half a million dollar front yard. It's, it's incredible. I love and getting every sued, single well, the key details that he got. It got him sued by his HOA. Like you can't. Yeah. Just, they're like, uh-uh. Also, I got a, I got a question for you, Stu. Also, if you were going to get your vacuum repaired, why would you want it exposed to the elements? That's also true. <laughs> I have. I, I want to know if this makes me that guy. Because it probably does. Probably. I live in a subdivision currently under the thumb of an HOA. But I feel like if a house in my neighborhood had 30 vacuum cleaners on the front porch, I would probably alert the HOA. Does that make me that guy? Am I, ba- am I bad for yeah, this? Yeah, I mean, that's literally the purpose of them. So probably I'm not going to come Well, the purpose of that. HOA yeah. is to protect your, your home value. And I feel yeah. like, you know, 30 vacuum cleaners. If somebody has an cleaners, open house and you drive by somebody who's got uh, 
Sears out of business <laughs> third yes. floor on the front lawn. You know, for that, me, that, it comes down to two things. One, the number of vacuums where he clearly has passed that. When you get past about three for me, it becomes a lot. And two, the length. Two's that okay. <laughs> well, in terms of just sitting on your porch. And for me, the length of time, if we get past a week and you got more than three vacuum cleaners sitting on your front porch, I'm going to have to reach out to somebody. If that makes think, that guy, so be no, it. No, no, no. If it's a one-time thing, sure. Like, that's a legit complaint. But you don't want to be that guy who calls the HOA every time, like, there's a car that's been parked in front of my house for too long. Or, yeah, I don't care about know, somebody that. Somebody has cleaners. We've taken, they, they didn't take their garbage can back in within 24 hours. You don't want to, you don't want to be that guy. The only thing yeah. that, and Sam Khan brought it up that I keep thinking about whenever we talk about <laughs> Sam Khan here in the comments, vacuum repair cleaners gives off strong breaking bad vibes. The vacuum repair mm. business was to help people who are, Wanted by the police disappear. <laughs> not to, I will say though, not to, uh, not not to open ourselves up to a libel suit. But now we have a pretty compelling answer to the question of how he was funding the tickets. We will. I don't know. Is vacuum cleaning that lucrative? <laughs> well, I mean, it might it can be. be. It can't be if you do it uh, right. I don't know about you guys. I have a, one of those little Dysons. Not a sponsor. Wish they were. Um, thing really really rips and it's it's got some good suction and uh you know it's it's a good vacuum it's very small you can hang it up on the wall vacuum repaired i know this i'm taking it to a store with a storefront not somebody's house in the suburbs no i'm gonna say this and maybe i'm that guy okay because like anybody who listens to the show knows that i have no technical ability to do anything with my hands at all but a vacuum is not expensive. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to this even is what go I'm through a repair process, just go buy You can get a pretty one. nice vacuum for like 150 bucks. It probably <laughs> yeah. gives you like a few years of good work. If it starts yeah. breaking down at some point, I'm going to pat it on the back, send it to the say, big hey. vacuum cleaner in the sky and say, thank you for your service. <laughs> thank you for keep everybody. I'm going to get a new one. <laughs> How do you guys like ever a- do the picks on this podcast? <laughs> I, like, you act- I don't know. Do you ever actually <laughs> get to them? The, the one thing I will really? say about the Michigan scandal, and like I'm Mr. Ohio State Homer, I've gotten to the point where I don't care at all about what they did and all about learning more about this guy. Yeah, <laughs> That's where I'm at in the whole thing. I want them to play their games. I don't want anybody to get suspended. They're one of the most compelling stories in the sport this year and i think just like watching this game this week of like how much of the signs help and everybody's going to be like locked in like i think that's great it's an entertainment product we can you know do the in-depth murder investigation at the end of the year um but for now just let them play and see how it plays out so that's a as good we segue go into to- as we go into the penn state game can i can i posit my idea for the punishment that now has been muddled they have to spend two days at the state college airport no, I've never been there. But my thought was, it's an, undo- it's an unorthodox crime. We have no precedent for this. So let's get unorthodox with the punishment. My idea was, Michigan. <laughs> what? He doesn't Michigan even know what it is yet. I was thinking of unorthodox punishments <laughs> in my head. I don't want to tell you where it went. All right. <laughs> Anyway, Michigan, as their punishment, should be required the rest of the season to give all of their opponents all of their signs and let them know what play was running, what play they were running. If it didn't matter that they had it, then it shouldn't matter. And if it did, well, that's your penance. You've got to overcome what lots of other teams overcome. Now, with all the news this week that apparently we had other teams in the Big 12 passing along Michigan signs, it gets a little big muddled. Ten, big 10, big 10. And I... I I don't know, like, 
early they're on doing in the a good job. Process. They're doing a good job yeah. with the lawyers to really muddle the thing up. <laughs> well, a little early bit, on in they? the process, it seemed to me that it was clear that they had gained a competitive advantage. Now I am I am less certain, and that's really all I care about. Like, yes, they broke a rule, but all I care about is did it impact the games? And, and I'm really not sure. I mean, Stuart, the thing, Andy, our friend Andy Staples, former Ari co-host, made a great point on Twitter. It's not that I can't imagine like if you're not a Michigan or Ohio State fan with a big you know skin in the game. I can't imagine you're like that worked up about what they did, mm-hmm. like in terms of the seriousness of it. It's more the the brazenness and the sloppiness and that like Connor Stallions knew full well, right? Like this is not a, this is what um, this is not allowed and yeah. went to and yet like plowed ahead and the spreadsheet and the and the recruiting people all over the country. It's just like the brazenness of it. Like there's no in the in the Central Michigan sideline like. This is no like, oh, you know, I misread the rules. Like, everybody knows you can't do that. And well, here's anyway. my my take on the whole matter. <clears throat> is And I've spoken to a few coordinators on the phone in the last few weeks about this. I'm sure you guys have too. But it isn't so much about cheating. It isn't even so much about what advantage they got. I think it is a coach's honor among thieves code that they just crossed the line. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that people have lost respect for him. Jim Harbaugh and his staff because of that. And, you know, that that quick Walters handshake after the game, I think that's going to be a pretty typical thing because people just don't yeah. like him anymore. And if you go too far, everybody knows cheating happens. Everybody knows you bump into a recruit at a high school or you eat a cheeseburger with him when you're not supposed to or even give gas money on an unofficial visit. This stuff occurs all the time everywhere. What doesn't occur is the brazen to borrow Stu's word, act of going as far as they did to cheat. It's almost like we're all cheaters, but there's certain places you just don't go. And then they went there. And I think it's offensive to everybody else in the profession, which I think makes it a very interesting situation. But here is my hottest take. And you guys tell me if you think this is it. And then we'll, we'll pick the games. I think Michigan has already paid the ultimate punishment. And the ultimate punishment is you are no different than everybody else. You don't get to stand on your perch anymore. You don't get to act like you do things the right way. You don't get to look down at everybody and say, Michigan is superior to everybody else who puts football first and academics and all that discussion. Watching everything that's unfolded, the way that the fans have reacted to what's unfolded, I feel like is punishment enough for the people who have walked around acting as if Michigan's football program is morally superior to their peers. And then we can nah, just move on post, and play football. Postseason ban is the ultimate punishment, right? <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm I'm just saying, like, I don't ever feel like I'm ever going to see, like, I feel like Michigan fans have acted the same way an Alabama fan would in the same scenario or an LSU fan or an Ohio State fan. They're all the same. You're not better than anyone else. Your program is doing what it can to win games and everybody is playing this weird, crazy sport together and Michigan isn't levitating above the rest of us. And then that, I think, that that realization and revelation is a big hit to the ego of certain Michigan people. So I think that that if we bring them back down, then everybody is is on the same playing field. Is that crazy? <clears throat> no. Okay. Okay. What about the? I know I've gotten a we... lot of journalism lectures in the last couple of weeks from people who you know about it. You, <laughs> you guys are reporting rumors as fact and anonymous source this and anonymous source that, and, and I always say like. I'm sure you were you were, you know, holding the same scrutiny and, and high standards to all of the reporting 
about the Zach Smith situation at Ohio yeah. State, right? Or the <laughs> Mel Tucker, you know, story earlier. Like, you know, I'm sure all the Michigan fans were like, whoa, 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 let's wait for all the facts to come out. Like this, But is, I will say this, though, too. Yeah. Michigan men or Michigan women, however you want to phrase it, are doing a pretty awesome job of changing the narrative and flipping the script with the lawyers and the the lawsuit threats and all the things that, you know, smart people do in order to weasel out of a scenario. Because I feel like now we're talking about did Purdue steal signs, did they share signs, who else is doing this, be careful. It was like a Walter White, another Breaking Bad reference of like, tread lightly because you don't know how prevalent this is and you don't want to sit, you know set a precedent. All these things, I think they've done a very smart job of making people forget that they were basically caught red-handed doing what they were doing. Well, I don't so, know if they've actually accomplished that, but they're trying they're trying hard to I mean I feel like the narrative muddy the a waters, little bit, right? I feel like they have muddied the waters quite a bit and have turned what seemed to be a fairly straightforward discussion about what occurred and what they did into a complex issue about morality, how prevalent it is and whether or not they should be punished. I think that's that's kind of like a discussion point now. So anyway, Stuart, we're fifteen minutes into this. I love your face. What do you think of this <laughs> uh what do you think of this game on the field? Well you know, I mean, Michigan's the better team, um, and I don't trust James Franklin in these big game situations. The only thing is you just don't know. Like, we don't know this mm-hmm. all this controversy that we're talking about, how it's affected the locker room, how it's affected the coaches' meetings. Um, you know, if Michigan were to go out and lay an egg, I'm sure that will be the first talking point. But in terms of what we know of them on the football field, I just feel like Michigan's a much more complete team on both sides, on all three phases, and... So if you're asked, is, is am I supposed to just say if I'm picking them to cover? Because, yes, I am. Yeah, I mean, more or less. I, I just don't know how Penn State scores in this game. Are you? I'm, I'm, I'm open to hearing the case for how Michigan is, or how Penn State is going to put points on the board in this ball game. This Please. line is weird. It is it's weird. weird. I don't disagree with it's you. It's a weird line. It's if a you weird closed line. Your eye, if I would have asked you last Saturday night before the lines came out, what should the line be in this game? Wouldn't it have been like seven? Around seven, I would have thought. Mm-hmm. Four and it's a, a half is line. bizarre. There is home field advantage. I mean, it's a, it's a really, you know, it's going to be a raucous atmosphere there. So obviously that that plays into the line. I just think that, you know, Penn's, the Penn State team that played at Ohio State and could barely move the ball, um, you know, you're going against as good, if not better, defense in, in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I think the play here personally is the under. But I'm taking Michigan... Again, I just think it comes down to Michigan's a better team with a better quarterback. Um, and they're a lot like Ohio State, but they have a better quarterback than Ohio State. Um, maybe not better weapons, but they do have weapons. Um, and I, I think both this is going to be a low scoring game, but it feels like a 20 to 10 situation for Michigan. It's only a kick, a jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy 
happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, I can't name a single identifying reason for football-only reasons to pick Penn State in this game. <laughs> that said, and I'm just playing devil's advocate here because the line, I almost made Penn State my lock of the week because I'm so offended by how small the line is. <laughs> And then and then I changed it because I didn't want to be ridiculed and called a homer again. But I is it possible that Michigan locker room is going through turmoil? They actually caught quite a bit of an advantage from having signs and they don't have them anymore. They're going on the road. This is like a huge legacy game, potentially, again, for James Franklin. Uh, Penn State is the hardest place in the Big Ten to play when it's rocking. Michigan hasn't played against a competitive team since last January. And we are just overvaluing how great Michigan is. I'm not saying that they're not a national championship contender. I'm not saying they're not a team that's going to ultimately beat Ohio State and make the playoff. But close games happen, guys. They happen all Mm -hmm. the time. And when you say, where are the touchdowns going to come from? I can't sit here and look you in the eyes and say, well, Drew Aller is going to throw for 300 yards. I can't pick out a Dante Cephas is going to have his arrival game. But in my experience, and I've had some pretty bad ones, uh, looking at lines like this and saying, well, one team is much better than the other. Why the hell is the line so small? I can't figure it out. I'm going to hammer the side. Losing those bets happens frequently. Vegas so I always knows. I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. But Ari, the betting, we still have, uh, last I checked, 45% of the money on Penn State. So it's pretty even. If it was like, I would be with you, Ari, if it was like 88, 90% of the money was on Michigan. I'd probably I'd probably say ah I'm gonna go Penn you know, State. You know a lot here. of the we'll see what the line closes at. Yeah, we will. But I'm not gonna make it my lock of the week. But I am gonna pick Penn State plus four and a half, and that doesn't mean that Michigan won't like win by three. What if it moves like five and a half? Dude, your your final score was twenty to ten. Yeah. What if it's twenty to ten with two and a half minutes left, and Penn State scores their junk touchdown that they scored against Ohio State? Like that's how that's it happens, fine. dude. It happens all the time. What if and Blake I, Corum? who had to spend this week on the phone with his lawyers trying to figure out why he's got an incorporated <laughs> business, comes out and fumbles because he's so, you know, he's been so rattled by all Fumble this. the snap, yeah. fumbled kickoff, awful roughing the passer penalties. This is the enti- the reason why we cover the sport is because it is the epitome of grab ass. So I don't need to give you an offensive script of how Penn State's going to do it. But when, it- buddy, I, co- I covered an Ohio State-Penn State game where they took a field goal or they went to the locker rooms and came out before halftime and kicked the field goal again and then went back to the locker rooms. And then the three points that they got before halftime was the difference in the spread. Like stuff happens like this. It's a it's just a weird sport. It is. Um, I have some, I also have some advice too, for Penn State, by the way. I've got one last thing I want to tell you, though, before you go done. ahead. We our breakdown of the entire game against Ohio State was. Well, if Ohio State didn't have Marvin Harrison, then Penn State probably would have won. Right. Like that was the discourse. Guess who doesn't have Marvin Harrison? Mm, It wasn't quite that simple, but all right. I'm just saying, if you take Marvin Harrison out of the game plan for the Ohio State-Penn State game, that game turns into a Penn State mucked up game. It's close. It may turn into a Big Ten battle. Like, what if this game just looks like a Big Ten West game? I've got it 21-16. Take the under. under. That's my advice. 21-16. I'm taking the points. Can I just ask you guys Uh, a quick question? Is this podcast a two-hour show? Because if so, I'm going to have to... We're 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 gonna go. What do you got going on today? What are you doing? We, we speed it up toward the end. Usually, okay. the last four picks end up being a end up being the a speed round. We go we go really heavy on the big games, and then when we yeah. get to 
uh, BYU, Iowa State. I think we can just we go lightning scores. round. I got it. <laughs> yeah, got it. yeah, yeah. I yeah. think my only advice for Penn State. I think producer Cam has it. I will cede the floor to this podcast's favorite coach for my advice for Penn State on how to score some points. Chuck it deep. Jerry <laughs> is. Chuck it deep. It's, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It doesn't. You know. They do that in practice, but they don't do it in the games. Didn't they, they do did it last it week? Indiana. We're back, baby. <laughs> And and That's shout right. out to Cam, our producer, who's in his meeting still and still found a way to to, to get the, the the sound going. That's Rob. called so, team player right there. Also, think that this might be one of the most highly anticipated games of the season. I don't know. I'm I'm very excited. Like I want to see angry Michigan. <laughs> I want to see them on the road. I want to see no Connor Stallions on the sideline. My favorite thing uh, about the defense letter that they sent back was that they're. Margin of victory went from 34 to 38 after they didn't have stallions <laughs> on the sideline. It's like, you played Purdue. <laughs> you played Purdue. Oh, They're playing man. their first good team since January 1st, or was it December 31st? And I'm excited to see them operate. And listen, if Michigan comes out and wins 49 to 10, which I think is certainly on the table too, probably yeah. won't happen. But if it is, if it does, um, then we can, you know, have that discussion about another national championship contender and all those things. So, um, we will certainly track that game and talk a lot about it on Saturday night in the live reaction show. Another big game on the best coast, the West Coast, where Stu dwells. Uh, we have Oregon and USC. Oregon is laying 15 and a half points, and they are 4-1 and one against USC in their last five meetings, and this is the first game without Alex Grinch is... USC dead, or can they put a little fight up in this game? Stu, we'll start with you since this is your your expertise. Yeah, it's my lock of the week, Oregon. Um, I don't think, you know, I, I understand why they fired Alex Grinch. Maybe they should have done it a long time ago. But the idea that, like, okay, now that they've done that, like, the defense will be great. Uh, no. I mean, I don't yeah. see that being fixed overnight. Um, and Oregon, you saw what Washington did. They... <laughs> Washington was not a good running team all season, and they, you know, ran for an insane amount of yards on USC. So they can't stop anything. And Oregon's good in all phases. I mean, I know that that came up in the playoff show this week. Who have they beaten? Blah, 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 blah. Well, they've been dominant. Look what they did in that game at Utah. So, yes, I, I, I don't think it'll be pretty. I even question if USC has mailed it in at this point. Like, okay, we're not going to be playing for a Pac-12 championship this year. What do we got to play for? Yeah, I'm with you, Stu. I, I think in general, Oregon's a complete team to me. They do a lot of things really, really well. It's like, okay, they might not have UCLA's defense, but they're they're really good on defense. They might not have the same offensive line as like Oregon State, but their offensive line is really good. They might not have the same explosiveness as Washington, but they're really good uh, through the air. They do everything well, uh, and USC... We've talked about our what 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 does USC do well besides provide highlight reel opportunities for Caleb Williams? Uh, I don't think they do anything particularly well besides that. Yeah, well, let's not shortchange Caleb Williams. He does a lot of things. Well. No, no, no. I'm saying well, besides he, he Caleb Williams himself. Yeah, they let him. I actually feel like you can make the case. Plays. Like if if Caleb Williams would have beaten Washington last week, I would have put him back on my Heisman ballot. Like to do, it. you know. And so the the question I'm on Oregon State minus fourteen and a half, fifteen and a half too. Question, though, is it possible that this game is just a rehash or a rerun of last week's Washington game? No, no. Oregon's no, because I think Oregon's got a better defense. 
Yeah. But we, we watched the Oregon-Washington game, and there were some moments there where I was like, eh, you know. Yeah. We are playing a really but, good I mean, offense. I also, I also think Bucky Irving's better than uh, than Dylan Johnson is. Yeah. He definitely is. Well, I mean, if they don't touch the running back till he has 199 yeah. yards on the ground. Yeah. I you know don't that, know that um, the quality of running back has anything to do with it. <laughs> you know, I don't know. So sometimes early in the season, quarterbacks have these like insane numbers and it just hasn't normalized yet. But Bo Nix has played nine games at this point, and he's completing 78% of his passes. And it's not like he's in one of these offenses where they just throw a bunch of screens. Like mm-hmm. he, he goes downfield to Troy Franklin all the time. Mm-hmm. He's just really. Was Troy effective. Franklin a highly rated player when he was a recruit? He was. He's actually from my uh, somewhat backyard in Menlo Park. I, I he was like a fringe five star guy, but uh, my my whole life goal is to be a, a California resident with you, Stu. You got to help me out here. Yeah, you've talked about that, but you don't want to be in my part. Cat. You're all about Manhattan Beach. Yeah, but you want to you want to be. I want to be a drive away from you. Okay, it's a long <laughs> drive, but sure. Yeah, I mean, I'll make it. I'll make the drive. There's casinos on the way, right? Bakersfield gets lit. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, so I'm on Oregon as well. I don't really see. Uh, unless there's a dead cat bounce, how USC is even moderately yeah. motivated to keep an eye um, on the under there. Also, it's not going to be a track meet. Yeah. Over under 73 and a half. That's that's quite a bit. So, yeah, mm-hmm. if you think you if you think USC's packed it in and Oregon's defense is much better than Washington's, uh, you might make a case. for. I'm going to disagree because really I think play. Oregon might score close to 73 and a half on its own. <laughs> well, that you do might, you think, that's do the you best think that Oregon's it. offense is better than Washington's? Um, I mean, I watched them play against each other and Washington scored more points. So it's hard to say that it's more that Washington hasn't played that well since that game. Right. Like yeah. Washington, yeah. as of that moment, look unstoppable. Michael Penix and his receivers unstoppable. And it just hasn't been the case uh, in the in the week since then. So an Oregon yeah. since that game has gotten better. So mm-hmm. Third game of the week, guys, we're going to move on to Georgia. 9-0, 6-0 in the SEC, laying 10.5 points against Ole Miss, who is 8-1 and 5-1, over under 58.5. And, and this is the beginning of how the SEC gets two teams into the CFP this year. <laughs> are, you not, are you not introducing them as national champion Georgia? What happened there? Wait, is Ole Miss the second team in this scenario? Well, I'm saying, like, Georgia's going to rack up, like, going to have a top 10 win against Ole Miss, and then Ole Miss is going to win out. Mizzou is going to win out. Oh, I see. And, like, Georgia is going to have a resume, and then Alabama is going to beat Georgia in the SEC championship game, get into the playoff, and Georgia is going to have a good enough resume to sneak in at number four. Maybe. And then the final Maybe. four teams are going to be uh, one Oregon, Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia again, or Michigan, one of the two. So what do you do with Florida just, State? Just leaving Florida State off to the, road, the roadside? Uh, Ari's trying we'll to get see. Seminole FSU Twitter fired up at us, or or maybe or maybe it'll be uh, the one loss Pac-12 champion that's left out for Florida State if they finish the year unbeaten. Maybe. But I, I was having this debate on Tuesday because we don't get to have the show. But Alabama Georgia both finishing now with one loss at the end of the year is a very scary proposition for the Pac-12 in my opinion, especially if the Pac-12 yeah. champion is uh, one a loss. one loss team. So, I think it, yeah. well, I think the one that should be. Not nervous, but I don't think Florida State can lose a game and make the playoff, right? That's right. Schedule, That's right. Yeah. I agree with you. The LSU game is not turning out to be as huge a win as it seemed at the time. Clemson, Louisville has moved up pretty high, so maybe so that would be a good win if they get to the AC. But like, if you lose to Miami this week or you lose to Florida, like 
you're going to lose some serious traction. Whereas I think, yeah, yeah, whereas I think if that. Washington loses um, a game in the next couple of weeks, but then turns around and wins the Pac-12 championship, like they're going to have many top 25 wins. But the battle between undefeated Florida State ACC champion goes to Florida State if they're being compared to a one-loss Pac-12. Champion. If it's undefeated, they're getting in. 100% yeah. of the time. So that is, hey, Dave, every single game Florida State plays for the rest of the year is a playoff game. How about that? Ari, you know, I don't want to get too far to down Miami this road. But as you know, there's <laughs> starting to be this debate. In fact, I had it with Bruce is, I mean, to me, it's like a no brainer, right? If Alabama and Texas are fighting for the fourth spot, of course, you're going to give it to Texas. But he's like, I don't know. You know, Alabama's sure gonna have a, they're going to have just yeah. beaten Georgia. They're going to have a much better resume. Well, let's say that happens. Then your your whole argument goes to goes to bunk. Like then the Alabama Texas game didn't matter. They won the game. It's true, Ari. There it's are tough. certainly exceptions to it didn't matter. Yeah, you know where like, there's not exceptions are in the bracket. Or if you make a bracket and you make them play, they don't say, "Well, you know, we get." You don't think there will be exceptions to teams that make the twelve? Change it to best of three. You don't think there will be exceptions for teams who make the twelve team playoff in the regular season? Where games won't matter the way that we thought they were. They're not going to win a game and then be like, "Well, I know you won a game, but your success rate was a lot lower, so we're actually going to advance the team that scored." Oh, you're not going to do that for everybody going into it, and then we'll have a bracket. Yeah, the same way that the current playoff exists, except it's not watered down with bad teams. Yeah. Okay. Um, Here's the thing. Here's the thing on this Georgia Ole Miss game, Ari. Yeah. Oh right, we forgot to pick the game. (laughs) Ole Miss is a much better running team than Missouri is. And they have a much more talented running back in Quinshawn Judkins. And Georgia has struggled to stop the run. And uh, Kirby Smart after the game basically saying that, that Georgia got whipped at the line of scrimmage, even though they knew what was coming half the time. I mean, Missouri just ran stretch, and then they ran stretch, and then they ran stretch, and Cody Schrader kept getting six, ten, five, six yards. Georgia usually does well against this type of offense, um, but I think Ole Miss being able to run the ball, I mean, they're 30 spots higher in yards per carry than Missouri. We've already discussed Georgia. They are not the run defense that they have been in previous years. Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis are not walking through that door. Nazir Stackhouse is a good player, but he's not quite to the level of those guys. Ole Miss can run the ball well enough to keep it here. I think Georgia, in part thanks to Ari, is overvalued by our nation. And Ole Miss keeps this close and I think has a chance to win. You think win. I'm a lines maker? <laughs> you think that no, Ole Miss has I, a chance to win this game? Yeah, sorry, they do. But did we not go through this last week, Ari? You said you were killing me all week. The idea that Missouri can be competitive in this game is so comically ridiculous. And I'm like, ah, I mean, well, I think they, they can were, compete. They were, they were, they, they did not and have a chance a to win team. at any point in the fourth quarter of that game. I mean, at a certain point, Georgia Ari, turned they it had on. the ball down six. Was that driving. the fourth quarter? Yes. Missouri okay. put up a tough a tough fight. I, ha- I gained a lot of respect for Missouri. Yeah, yeah. But I, I never too. thought they were actually going to win. Well, I mean, when they had the ball down six on that one drive, when then the turnover happened, once the turnover yeah. happened, it was over. But I thought yes. that was at the end of the third quarter. Um, no, it was early in the fourth. If it was in the fourth quarter, then valiant effort. But the thing that I want to ask you guys is, is that we pound – James Franklin into the dust about winning and competing and showing up in big games. And the question that I have for you, and I don't know the statistics off the top of my head, probably should have looked them up. But like, I feel like every time Ole Miss is a one loss team or an undefeated team and they go in to play a big game, they just get completely boat raced. And I don't know, like, is there, when's the last time Ole Miss, 
um, actually showed up in a big way um, in a big game. I mean, last year they played Alabama in, when they came in as a one-loss team in November 12th, which is, I think, to the year. And they lost 30 to 24. So they played, or that was 2022. So that was last year. And then 2023, they played Bama and only scored 10 points. And I yeah. love Quidshawn Judkins. I think the guy's an, an animal. But what, what in Lane Kiffin's Ole Miss repertoire makes you think that all of a sudden they're going to beat this team? Because Alabama's defense is better than Georgia's, Ari. Maybe significantly better. And Still, Ole Miss is going to be able to run the ball in this game. My hot take is I think. Missouri's a better team than Ole Miss, despite what the rankings say. Um, I don't have much confidence in it's not you. You're, you make a good point about Lane's record, but beyond that, like I don't think Jackson Dart. I, I think he's been. Uh, I don't know. High, Jackson, if you look at Jackson Dart, kind of like his game log, he does not play well in these road games. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's kind of all over the map. So I think Georgia will get after him. Um, I, I see Georgia winning comfortably, more comfortably than they did against Missouri. Yeah, I'm just going to, I'm in lay the points mode here. Um, I don't know that I particularly love it. I just don't know. <laughs> like Ole Miss has such a fun and exciting offense, and I think they're pretty versatile. And I just would love to see that offense that we get to see every other week of the SEC champ, uh, schedule um, show up when they're playing a championship contender. And that just doesn't ever seem to be the case. So we'll see. But if Georgia wins this game, that gives them a top 10 win uh, going into next week. I think that probably puts them ahead of Ohio State. I thought they should have been ahead of Ohio State last week. And then opens the door potentially to a very serious, interesting game in Atlanta. Which we left for dead a few weeks ago and now is, is right back where we typically see it. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Game four, we were just talking about it. Florida State, 9-0, 7-0 in the ACC, laying 14.5 points at home against Miami, who was 6-3 and and 2-3 and in the ACC. Uh, Florida State has won back-to-back games in the series, but is 2-3 and in the last five. But question marks about Miami's quarterback and TVD, Emory Williams could start some, un- I mean, I love Florida State, just in general, but does Miami have any sort of life to make this an interesting game? Ari, do you remember what you were doing on uh, October 14th? Was that a Saturday? It was a Saturday. Um, well, I can tell you that Tyler Van Dyke threw four touchdown passes on that day. Who were they he playing? Not, uh, I believe they were playing NC State. No, playing North Carolina. They lost. But he has not thrown a touchdown pass since that day. <laughs> it has been a while. Almost a month. I don't know what's going on with Tyler Van Dyke. Uh, he the when you the more you look at it, the more confusing that 2021 run that he was on gets. I as long as Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson are healthy, and that seems to be a rather iffy proposition, I have a hard time believing Florida State's not just going to run away with this. Miami is in a in a bad place right now. Miami's been kind of like 
hanging on for dear life, I feel like, since that kneel down game. You know, mm-hmm. they, they they just haven't been very good. I mean, was, you know, everybody got their hopes up after that Texas A&M game in week two. And they haven't looked like that since. So I think it's trending from what I understand. It's trending toward um, Keon Coleman being healthy. I don't know about Johnny Wilson. Um, give me give me Florida State. That's the thing. It's like if their two best players on the outside aren't playing, then do we get into a game of football where they're in an offensive funk for the entire first half like they were last week? Like, that's the one thing, too. It's like, I get a little bit nervous when teams, really good players, don't play. Yeah. But I don't see anything here that makes me feel like Miami has a pulse enough to win that game. So They might they might be an offensive funk, but Miami will be an offensive funk the entire game unless yeah. we see, see something. No matter who's available. <laughs> yeah, something that we haven't seen <laughs> since week two. Six points against NC State, right? Uh, the A&M game gets, gets wilder, like, the more, like... We don't have time to get into AM, but the just I mean you guys watched the pit game last week, right? You just you watched yes. it, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, but that, that's out yeah. there. I'm just saying yeah. that that's that's not like a <laughs> fantasy. That happened six days ago. And I watched <laughs> it with my own two eyes, and it was like really, really bad. So yeah. I'm not saying that they're gonna play really, really bad again, but it's uh certainly a possibility. But I, yeah. I think that Florida State role I don't think that Florida State's gonna lose this year, to be honest. I don't I mean, North North Alabama might give them some trouble, but other than that, it doesn't look like uh, uh, you know Florida has a pulse. And these are the two rivalry games in three weeks. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I think that Florida State's in pretty good shape right now. Yeah. Next up on the on the docket, another stew special. Washington undefeated, nine and zero, laying nine and a half points. Anything that happens Utah. in the Pac twelve is a stew special. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're up. It's like eight p.m. while everybody else is falling asleep for you. You're out there just. You know, in in the wonderful state of California, the sun is shining, the birds are chirping, everybody's just having a good time, and you're out there watching the games. You, you know I, what's up in the Pac-12. I know what's up in the Pac-12, except for if it happens on the Pac-12 network. Um, yeah. You know. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you live in California. I'm in a bit, of a, bit of a disadvantage there. <laughs> the Bermuda Triangle of college sports. I did have Pac-12 network for years when I had cable, but I don't have cable anymore. Um, I, This game... um. Which Washington are we going to get? Are we going to get Washington that was so dominant for the first half of the season and, uh, I, you know, pulled out a huge win against Oregon? Are we going to get Washington that had like a, you know, laid an egg at home against Arizona State, pulled it out, gave up a ton of yards and points to Stanford for no apparent reason? Uh, obviously, big, big road win last week uh, against USC, but they did give up 42. So, um, I'm I'm taking them to win, but I'm taking Utah to cover. Yeah, I'm which gonna Utah, Utah are we going to get? Well, I, I think it's it's matchup based for Utah, right? If they're going to go up against teams that can be as physical as they can be and also be explosive, that that's tough for them. Um, I don't know that Washington is going to be able to match their physicality uh, at the line of scrimmage, and if if. Arizona State and Stanford can slow down Washington. I feel like Utah can as well. Enough to muddy this game up and keep it close. I think Washington makes enough plays to win, but I'll take Utah. I think that the um, notion here is that Utah's a really good team. They play really tough, and you know they just scored like a bajillion points against Arizona State last week. And you know their only two losses are against really good teams. And you know. I, Washington has to show up eventually, and I think that Washington will probably lose a game before the season's over. 
I just don't think that the defense that I saw last week against USC is a sustainable thing, but I don't know that it's going to be against Utah at home. I have uh, Oregon State the following week circled. I think that Washington is going to cover this game. I, I, I think that everybody's going to be all over Utah, and I, I think a 10-point win here is certainly in the cards, and if they can get back to being who they are, they're a much better football team than Utah, and I think they can, to some extent, match the physicality much better than, than USC could, for that matter. So I think it's going to be about to start. If Washington gets up 14 nothing in this game, it's going to be a bloodbath. If Washington gets down 10 nothing, it's going to be a fist fight for six. It is important. It is important to mention two things. One, Utah is seventh in stop rate, if you read Max Wilson's story, which is the best defense statistically that Washington has faced all year. And Penix might be playing for the Heisman right now. So there, there's uh, you know, a few things to consider. And I think it's an interesting battle. And now somebody said this week's game stink, and I don't know who said it, but you're wrong. I'm, we're going through the list here, and we got who some good that? games this week. Some good games. Some good. Games. You know, there's like four games that are good, and then everything else stinks. I'm looking at this list here, and I'm having a good time. No college yeah, football you, Saturday stinks, right? Yeah, I know. Even, I agree. Even, even the Saturdays where you look at it, like next weekend. Uh, yeah, next weekend is the week where all the SEC teams play their FCS games. So you look at the schedule, and you're like, eh, it's not really many good games. But you know what? That'll be the week that like half the top ten gets upset, right? Like yes. Well, I mean, it is interesting because we are, I don't know if this is just in my mind or if it's true, but for November 9th, mid-November, we are in a position where there are a lot of teams that are still alive for the playoff that like usually aren't alive in years past. And all five power five conferences have a representative that's still technically alive to make it. And if these losses don't start happening soon, like we're going to have, we're going to be in a pickle at the end of the year. It's going to be a glorious seasoned pickle, but it's going to be a good one. And you know, I know we never get a twelve team playoff, huh? Yeah, be be perfect time to let everyone. I in think the la- it's it's <laughs> it's destiny. The last year of the fourteen playoff cannot go off clean. Like it's going to be some. The committee's sort of had an easy job, like most what, years, eight or nine. Do you want to know? Ten years. Do you want to know what would get me off of the four team debate and, and you win? If a season actually ended. And an undefeated team or a one-loss conference champion that is very good gets left out. Well, one that lost, doesn't, a one-loss conference champion has been left out before. It's is it a group? Also, which one? Do you not care about UCF? Are Ari? You, how can you be an which Ohio ones, State? Stu? How can you be an Ohio State homer and not remember <laughs> when twelve and one Ohio State that lost forty-nine to twenty to Purdue missed the playoff? Did they make? They won the Big Ten that year. They were twelve and one Big Ten champion. Um. It, there was I don't even remember there being any debate about it though. It was like, oh yeah, they lost by that much to Purdue. They shouldn't make the playoff. Yeah, I I think that maybe I should just like say when I say a one loss conference champion, like we're we're talking about like a Texas team that lost on the last drive to Oklahoma or yeah. another team that No, I think that's like a viable coming. candidate. No, I'm not talking that, about a team that got their ass year. kicked by Purdue in the middle of the year. There will be upsets, Sorry. but I see somebody like that getting left out. What I mean, you just be don't an care about UCF for, if Ohio I don't State, want to have the UCF discussion with you right now. If Ohio State goes um, eleven and zero and loses to Michigan, there's going to be people then they're out for that. You know, they should be out. That's a playoff game, and they but lost. It'll be out. it'll be controversial, yeah. right? There'll be people like, well, that's still a better resume than you know, team team Z, Florida State. But like, here's what I'll say: If the end of the year happens and Oregon is a one loss Pac-12 champ, Florida State's an undefeated ACC champ, Texas wins the Big Twelve as a one loss Big Twelve champ. You've got Georgia or Alabama as an SEC champ, and then whoever wins the Big Ten, that would be an absolute uh, disaster. 
I don't think that we've ever finished a season, even if it has technically happened, uh, where there have been five legitimate viable candidates or six even to actually get in. Like I, I don't even remember Ohio State being left out because it was just the like, messiest okay to- year was the first year, the TCU Baylor mm. year versus Ohio State. Yeah. There have been a few controversies since then, but in most of those cases, I was like, eh, I don't, I don't like. Remember Penn State, uh, two lost champ, but they beat Ohio State, and Ohio State got in instead. I didn't think that that was. I know, I know people yeah. like like to do the UCF ban or the bang the drug on that, and that's fine. And I know that there's the Big Twelve in the 2014 season where we didn't know what to do with Baylor and TCU, but there ha- there hasn't been a year where a team has been left out and it really um, stung that they're like they're not a part of it. Like most or every year, I think they've gotten it right. So right. you know, I know that. No, I, I, Dave, I see what you're saying. Dave I, and is just I clamoring see. to get UCF in so we can no, have a 49 yet, to 10 I am win. Morally opposed okay, yeah. to the idea that you can win all your games and not get to play for a national championship. That is so antithetical to have everything we ever about actual sports. chaos, though. What do you mean? Like chaos at the end of the year. Everybody has their chaos. If these five teams are undefeated conference champions, what do you do? Like a chaos no, scenario that. No. where the committee's in a pickle. About the but that could that happen can, this year. That could happen yeah, this actually year. could happen this We've year. We've already mentioned a couple of scenarios. Like, Georgia twelve yeah. and zero and loses in the in the championship game and gets left out would be insanely controversial. If Texas and Alabama are both in the running and they take Alabama, it will be hugely controversial. Mm-hmm. So but I guess remember what, there will be upsets down the stretch. Yes. Um, I don't know what Catherine's saying about last year. I I don't know what point she's saying, but uh, last year they couldn't find four teams to get in, so they backfilled it with two that didn't deserve it, and then one ended up going to the national championship game. Okay, um, <laughs> next game. I have time for Ari right now. They, okay. they couldn't find four. Let's keep, let's keep it moving. Let's keep they couldn't it moving. find four last year. So they, they found they, four. It's all right. One they did. One they found them. Fine. They found them. <laughs> they sure did. Every other year, TCU loses the Big 12 champion, and they're out. Every other year. One time, Ari. One time. Alabama, 8-1, 6-0. Dave Starling laying 10.5 on the road at Kentucky. Over-under is 46.5. Alabama's on a seven-game series win streak. The last time they won, Dave was in middle school in 1997. Milrow in his last five games, 267 total yards per game, 14 total touchdowns, two interceptions, and he is morphing into the unicorn that he is. Is Alabama back, baby? They've gotten a lot better. I think I think mm-hmm. we can agree on that. And I don't actually think Kentucky is very good, but you could see <laughs> where the circumstances are there for a trap game kind of thing where mm-hmm. Alabama doesn't come out strong. And so I can't see them. I mean, anything's possible. It's hard for me to see them losing to Kentucky, but I could definitely see Kentucky staying within 10 and a half. Yeah, this is a tough game because I think there is a there's like a 42-13 Alabama out there. Mm-hmm. There sure that is. I'm like, <laughs> that I'm like, ah. there sure is, pal. <laughs> but I kind of think I kind of think maybe people are overreacting a little bit to Alabama just based on the last couple of weeks and some of the conversation around Alabama this week. I think um, that's happening. Uh, Kentucky's a good team. I, I'm worried about them being able to score. Uh, they look good one week. Devin Leary's been really up and down. Ray Davis has looked, you know, unbelievable one week and then still is on the other. And, and Alabama's defense is good enough to slow him down. Alabama on the short list of best defenses in the country. So, but you're going on the road in the SEC, 10 points. I, I'm, I'm going to lean Kentucky here. 
And I reserve the right to say I told you so to myself when I remember that I told you that forty two thirteen was on the was on the table. I'm gonna just scoop it up. I'm gonna I'm gonna is this a buffet? Can I scoop what's on the table and put it on my plate? I'm gonna, I'm just gonna that I don't have anything else to say. Go ahead. The Stu, did you pick? You you said you you think it could be within ten and a half? I picked Kentucky to cover, although as more you guys talk about it, the more I'm regretting that. But it's already <laughs> up on the athletic. Hey, uh, yeah. David, you mentioned, remember you said like Tyler Van Dyke's 2021 is starting to look more and more, you know, where did that come from? What about Devin Leary? He, wasn't he an all ACC kind of quarterback that year? And and then, you know, Kentucky was obviously thrilled that he transferred there. Can Not he seeing. stay one more year? I'd be curious if a second year with Liam Cohen does anything because, I, you know, you're transitioning. He's got weapons. He's got a running game. It's been odd that he's the piece that hasn't really clicked for Kentucky this year uh, because receivers have been really good. You know, Dane Key, Barry and Brown, um, Tavion Robinson, they've been, they've been, they've had some, some pieces around him, but he's had some pretty bad games and, and this is going to be tough. This is going to be tough. Next. <laughs> Next. Stu's, Stu's in a hurry. What do you got? Do you have a lunch date or something? What's going on with you? It's not lunchtime <laughs> yet out here. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. It's 6 a.m. there. Okay. Uh, Next game is Tennessee. Uh, Dave's a homer for the team <laughs> yeah. that he covered at Mizzou, yeah. the team that he went to. I don't know which side you're homering on. Oh, wow. On this one, yeah. But it's just the Dave Bowl. This is the Dave Bowl. If you cover a beat and you get compensated to write about that team for a publication, you automatically are in love with that team. Pretty much. Did you know yeah. that? That's that's usually that's, how it goes. Except that's among what, the fan base of that team where they're like. Where they hate you. Yeah, they hate you. You never write anything nice about us, et cetera, et cetera. I did yes. get hit. A bunch of Bama fans. I got the Tennessee homer stuff a lot. In this offseason when I was like, hey, guys, are we sure Bama's good? Bama's probably going to lose three games. It's, it's a lot of Tennessee homerism. I do still live here. I lived in Columbia for four years, so it was good times. Ultimately, this is a tough one because I, these two teams are, are really interesting. And, you know, Missouri is really explosive. Tennessee is not very explosive. Uh, for me, I, I think in general, going on the road in the SEC is tough. Tennessee has looked pretty shaky in some spots. Tennessee, that offense has demolished um, Missouri the last couple of years, put 60 on them. But all the guys that were putting 60 on them are not going to be suiting up in this game. And that, that lack of explosiveness, I think, you know, will, 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 will struggle. Tennessee can slow down Missouri's running game, but I'm not sure they can slow down the receivers on the outside. We'll see if Luther Burden's healthy, but I'm going to go Mizzou here in a, in a really close one. I think the line's right. The number's right. Um, it's just one of those games somebody's got to win. I think Missouri gets it just being at home. I was a little surprised to see Tennessee as a favorite other than there's some uncertainty about Luther Burton, which would obviously be a huge, yeah. huge loss for Mizzou. But um, I don't know. I'm fully on the Mizzou bandwagon. I think they're really good. Um, that offense obviously is really good. It's it's interesting just looking at the screen right now and seeing number 13, Tennessee, seven and two. It's because they don't feel like it. Doesn't it feel like it doesn't. Doesn't, doesn't it feel, feel like, like they've, they've had played that kind games of season. this year. Yeah. I don't even neither know. One like, of these teams, neither one of these teams has a win that like, Makes you want to just be like, oh, okay. They just like keep winning games and beating teams are supposed. I'm to not be. trying to be mean, Dave, but I can't even remember a Tennessee game this year. <laughs> like, they have went, they even they, played? Well, they they went one in Kentucky, but I don't think that's as. Yeah, they whooped Kentucky. They got their butts kicked by Tennessee. Oh, I remember the, the Florida, Florida game. Or by Florida. Yeah, I remember the Florida. But they game. played. All right, they had Bama down double digits at half, just like everybody else does, and then coughed up. They got outscored like twenty-seven nothing in the second. Did half. LSU have them down double digits at half last weekend? Tennessee has not played uh, LSU. Maybe it's unfair. Maybe I'm measuring them against last year's team that was really good um, before Hendon Hooker got hurt, obviously. But, yeah, I, I think they've 
I don't, I'm not sure they're the number 13 team in the country. If they go on the road and beat this Mizzou team, I'll reconsider. Yeah. You ever like read like a romance book where, um, I'm no. scared two, this is going. This, uh, <laughs> where the, the husband and the wife have been married for 72 years and then the husband dies when he's 96 and the wife is still alive. And then like a week later, she dies of a broken heart. <laughs> You know, like, and it's like they like. I'm so confused right now. Where Please. is this going? <laughs> I'm just wondering if Mizzou is going to be dead because of a broken heart. It's like they had it running, they had it rolling. You know, they they really there was a chance that they could have won. Yeah, and uh, they were pretty frustrated. I mean, I think having having Georgia, like, we can't say on the ropes, but having a shot to knock Georgia off two, years kind of on the ropes, they landed some punches, more yeah, punches than I thought did. they were going to land. Coming home now, there are two lost. Like legitimately, we're maybe a quarter away from Mizzou being the number one team. In, yeah, in the I need country. to. Right, by the way, I need <laughs> to. One of the, I need to drop in the in the uh, in the chat the screenshot of the text message that you sent me in the first half of Mizzou Georgia. Yeah, just I, was wrong. I was wrong. And then today, I bring up the the idea that Ole Miss can be competitive, and you act like I'm insane. <laughs> um. I don't think you're insane for them. I mean, they're a top 10 team. I was more certain yeah. that Georgia would run Mizzou out of the building than I am about this one. Um, but romance novel set in Vegas. I love it. <laughs> yeah, that was our that was our story, Stu. We got our heart broken at the blackjack table, but they do have I, the I Eiffel like, Towers in Vegas, right? So we're all, it's all good. <laughs> Just going to let that sit there for a minute. Okay. Uh, Tennessee is my play in this game. I just think that, uh, first of all, I think it's weird that they're favored. Second of all, I am very curious uh, what a four-quarter game plan with Mizzou looks like if Luther Burden isn't 100% uh, you know, himself, and it just kind of seems like a weird spot for me. So, Also, it's on Paramount+, Plus. so if you want to stay, there's a doubleheader with a Christmas romance movie that comes on right <laughs> after it's over. <laughs> um, all right, we're going to go into the speed round now. Nebraska, plus two and a half at home. Against Maryland, five and four. Nebraska's How does Maryland and Nebraska have the same record? Ne- I, I ne- can't. I'm Nebraska at can it get bowl eligible it. for the first time since 2016 when they played Tennessee in the Music City Bowl. Uh, Mike Loxley is four and twelve in November and December. <laughs> Did you see the stat yesterday about Mike Loxley against ranked Big Ten teams? He's like, I, I, I hate to not have the exact stat in front of you. It was like zero and thirty-three. It was definitely there was definitely a zero at the front of it. Yeah, they've been a real dud this year. Yeah, no, Uh, they're not ranked, but like, I really had high hopes. I thought Maryland would have more of a breakthrough this year. They they, did. Have you ever watched a Maryland football season before? (laughs) 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 It's every year five and oh six. You know that like you're on a roller coaster. Click click one and oh. Click click two and oh. Click click three and oh. Click click four and oh. Then you get to like click 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 five and oh six and oh. Then oh, you're dead. (laughs) (laughs) Here comes the rest of the division. Goodbye. (laughs) Uh, And then it's always like Michigan or Ohio State in week six, and then they're just like done. Uh, I don't know. know, It's not even. It's not even Take that. The under, it's like right? Maryland. You know, this could yeah. be like a, a this will be a Big Ten West kind of game, right? Like it could be like seventeen I don't know. to fourteen. I don't know. I, Guys, I, I feel like probably it's pretty good. At the end of the day, the Maryland at some point doesn't the slide have to stop? I mean, they're yeah, with a brick wall at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> this is a five and O team that has lost now. <laughs> Every two, Maryland team was a five and O team. Yeah, Maryland, but they all didn't you need to know about Maryland these. is they went to Northwestern. And Northwestern's quarterback hasn't done anything all year before or after, and he lit up Maryland's defense. It's also, hard to I believe. also I'm wondering about the give up factor here a little bit too. Yeah, when they lose to Northwestern and then they go. My lock of the week is Nebraska. I think that they're feeling good about themselves. 
I think they're a somewhat competent team. They're at home, bowl eligibility for the first time since uh, prom for me. And, you know, there's a, ch- there's a chance here that Nebraska can have a fun little end of the season. And, like, Maryland, I don't even know how they're just – not on these teams do right seem now. to be crossing each other on the axis. Right yeah, now. it's 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 not yeah. it's not a good sign. <laughs> you know, like that scene in uh, Wedding Crashers when he goes and sees Will Ferrell at the end and he goes I'm crashing funerals now. I'm, I'm, I'm crashing funerals. <laughs> Girls are super into it. And then he goes, well, what happened? How this guy die? Yeah, he's a hang gliding accident. Oh, I'm hang gliding. Oh, I'm dead. Like that's that's Maryland football. <laughs> and I'm crashing their funeral what a, right what now. A I'm going to catch deep, deep. I'm, I guess I'm going to go. I guess I'm the only person who paid attention to the Michigan State game last week. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go Maryland yeah. here reluctantly. Let's do. Let's do an actual bet, me and you, with with money or whatever. How about this? <laughs> if I win, you just have to have a normal meal for dinner on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Ari, I eat many normal meals every week. Yeah. <laughs> Stu, can you weigh in on the hey, raw what were meat your, discussion? What were your, no, forget the raw meat. What were your what were your dinners this week? All of them. <laughs> going back to Monday. We, we, this is we how you busy. find out, Stu. You have to ask him general <laughs> questions. And then he no, says we something were, that's crazy we and he doesn't know it's week. crazy. Okay. <laughs> we just did meatloaf and sweet potatoes. It was very normal this week. All how five, was the raw all meat five days? when you brought home the raw meat? like It was it, fine because yeah. I know how to cook it in a skillet. It was good. Yeah. Is this an insane thing to do or is this just smart? I'm not, you know, I don't recommend handling raw meat if you don't, if you don't have to, but it's know. red meat though. So it's not like you have the salmonella risk. True. What? Yeah. All right. You're trying to derail the lightning round, aren't you? <laughs> Maybe. Stu's got to go. Bit. He's got to go. He's, he's got a lunch date. <laughs> yeah, I just realized uh, I'm starting to talk like I'm being held hostage. I am enjoying you are. this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like, if you go, I mean, listen, buddy, just hit X on the window and you're out of it. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Not that hard. All right, BYU Iowa State's on the list. <laughs> I don't even know why it's here, but uh, it's Big Twelve after dark. We got two five and four teams here fighting for bowl eligibility, but they could be BYU could be the first Big Twelve newcomer to uh, to make a bowl game. I guess uh, who who do you guys got? BYU's my upset special on uh, my picks this week. I I think Iowa State has. You know, done a very admirable job getting to five and four, given the pl- all the players they lost. Um, but they're going to Provo for this strange late night game. BYU hasn't been good on the road. They've actually been terrible on the road, but they've been fine at home. So uh, seven and a half seems like a. I don't know why they're a seven and a half point underdog to Iowa State. I really don't. I'm going to go with Iowa State here, uh, just because I think Iowa State. If we're ranking competency right now Iowa State does not have the dudes but they look like they've got it together they've won some ball games this year give me Iowa State I will lay the points on the Are road you suggesting that Kalani Sataki is incompetent no but his team has not looked great multiple times this year they've gotten their butts kicked yeah. more times than I would like to uh, see a BYU team get their butts kicked um the best comment that's been left in our live stream so far is FYI, Salmonella does exist in beef. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so be sure, be sure to not leave it <laughs> underneath your uh, center console for too long. Um, I was kind of rude about this game and I don't know why Iowa state has done a tremendous job. Their coaching staff, keeping their team together and they deserve props for that. And also BYU, um, if you want some props, if I could go to any stadium in college football and cover a game that I've never been to before, BYU would be my pick. I've always wanted to see how beautiful the mountains are it's over here. It's very beautiful. It is. It's disrespectful it's to Colorado, Ari. 
The Buffs um, fans are coming. The Dion stands are coming for you, Ari. I'm going to just take the points here because I don't know. Like Stu said, it seems like a bigger spread than it should be. Um, lastly. Speaking of the Buffs. <laughs> I feel like Lee Corso. <laughs> Ari, did you read the story this week that basically the University of Arizona is broke? They like the president went in front is of the that border. why they keep calling me for money every week. <laughs> the president went in front of the border region. I'm not kidding. The president went in front of the border regions and said something to the effect of like basically they miscalculated something or they they I don't know if their investments went wrong, but like they like we thought we had 200 days of cash on hand, but it turns out we have like seven. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we need help. All of a sudden, the Big Macs in the student union are twelve dollars instead of six. You <laughs> never know, gonna, underestimate the economics of higher education. There's so much money coming in, and it is so poorly managed almost everywhere. It's insane. so the one thing the one thing that I will say is, and I don't know if this is going to make people upset because I cover college football, but I actually think that just college in general is the biggest financial grift in our country. <laughs> like it's the way that they take advantage of people and how much books. It didn't cost used to be. It's stuff. leaning that way now. It's just like, come on. Like I mean, I. There's a John Mulaney bit, and I don't know if you like his stand-up comedy, but it was just like, why is college calling me 20 years later for money? I gave you the money. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got the diploma. And then, like, like they, I'm not you paying know, more. Yeah. And then what, what are you doing with the tuition dollar? Why do you need my money? You already charged these students, you know, some insane amount of, uh, yeah. thank you, 200, How are these 250, when it was, Arizona is 250 million short. Yeah. Oh, that's all? Every course has to add a new book, and they should be there by the end of the week. Uh, but that's that said, welcome to the fishbowl, guys. <laughs> Feeling the fever. We're in the top 25 uh, for the first time in, I think, the entire playoff era. Really? Six and three on the road at Colorado. Uh, Colorado's last win was against ASU on October 7th. And Did you say Arizona, they're ranked for the first time in the playoff era? I can't remember when they were. They went to the, they Khalil went to Tate? the Fiesta Khalil Bowl Tate their first year. But I thought that was, what year that was, was that? That was the first year of the CFP. Was that the Kadeem Oh, I Carey thought that was year? pre-CFP. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they haven't been ranked since, but that first year they were. Wouldn't it be crazy, just speaking of like uh, the deficit that we were talking about financially, with, what if Texas A&M and Arizona made a trade? <laughs> A&M will give you the Jimbo money buyout. <laughs> Ship them to Tucson. Get the team out of the financial turmoil. They get Jed Fish back and everybody wins. <laughs> <laughs> that way Jimbo has to keep working for a $65 million. <laughs> That's amazing. This like Arizona is where failed AM coaches go to die. <laughs> I mean, they already tried it. <laughs> they tried it that once. Didn't it didn't well. work out, but it didn't go well. But hey, if Jimbo can recruit, that's the one thing that Arizona hasn't had. And it is pretty crazy to me that Jed, F Jed Fish comes into Arizona, actually shows some pride in the, the talent accumulation phase brings in some good players, and now like T-Mac is going to be a first-round draft pick, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden they're winning more games. It's like there is a direct correlation between how good the players are and how well your team performs. So I don't is know. Like You're the Colorado guy. can describe some of that, or we should come up with something, Ari. Yeah, I don't want to upset anybody <laughs> from saying air, air <laughs> is crucial to, li to life, but um, <laughs> do you think that Colorado – is going to figure it out here, Dave, on a serious note, or do you think that we're on a free fall mode here? I've talked to some people around Colorado this week. Like the OC thing is just weird. It's weird. I think they're still invested. Um, Dion's guys have not let go of the rope. They're very 
they're still committed, and I think that there's something to be said for that in the middle of all this losing. But I still, I mean, we said it on the show Friday, Ari, like hiring, you know, or asking Pat Shermer to run an offense that he doesn't have much of a grasp of because he hasn't been around it, but like three months doesn't really make sense. Um, and Sean Lewis is, you know, playing a good soldier at this point, but, you know, it seems unlikely it'll be there. It just, Arizona's a good team, and, and Colorado's been pretty tough at home, so I, I don't feel super confident uh, about this, but I think Arizona can can score a bunch of points, and they've got Jacob Cowing and Tetaroa McMillan. There's, no, there's only one Travis Hunter ready to cover, and Colorado is, does not have great corners. I don't think they're going to be able to score uh, too many uh, in this game. So give me Arizona. I'll lay the point. I, I hope that all the Colorado people who are watching their games just for the Dion factor uh, watch T-Mac play because he is a tremendously really good, good receiver. And he had one catch when I was watching it last week, and it was just like an you know, Odell Beckham catch almost where it was just like he is something. Um, but Arizona laying two scores is just always a funny thought process to me. I kind of like them here in this spot. But it does feel weird to me. Stu, where do you land on this one? I mean, I might end up looking like a complete idiot, but I feel like Colorado's got to have one last gasp left in them. And Arizona obviously has been on fire. Arizona has played five straight games against top 25 teams. Like, you, you, getting up for that week after week after week has got to catch up to them at some point. So I feel like there's an upset possibility here for the Buffs at home. Yeah, so you're right, my trap game. Interesting. Uh, although also oh, there underrated underrated storyline Montana Lamonius Craig one of the few post spring game guys who left on his own volition transferred to call or transferred to Arizona from Colorado he had he's the star of the spring game had a 98 yard touchdown 160 something mm-hmm. yards in that game hadn't done a ton for Arizona 20 catches 180 something yards but it's interesting well Arizona started the year with Jaden Delora quarterback and now might have found the future of their program and Noah Fafita, he's really, really good, and he's a freshman. One of the most so, fun names to say in the country, also. Noah Fafita, say it four fast. Noah Fafita, Noah Fafita, Noah Fafita. I'm going to teach my daughter to say that. She would love saying Noah You Fafita. couldn't make it to four. Uh, <laughs> Stu, you try, but only say Fafita. Fafita. I mean, Five this is not as challenging as, you know. Fafita, 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 Fafita. Yeah, it's not Ui Ungalale. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like this, this is this, or, or when Tagovailoa first became, you know, I just I hope that Noah, that when I first, that Noah Fafita is still on the team next year. I hope he doesn't play for USC or Alabama or one of these other teams. Get that. I hope he, sounds I, like I, they got to get those games. Sounds up. like get you got to get that NIL money. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, mean, I he said that he was loyal to Jed Fish, and I hope that's the case because I don't want to live in a in a world, and it's probably already happening, where teams like Arizona, it already happened with Dorian Singer, like have mm-hmm. good recruiting discoveries and do a good job of developing somebody. And then all you're doing is just developing it for the good program down the road, but we'll see how that goes. And lastly, we already got through most of these and then we're going to let Stu go. You good, Stu? I'm good. Okay. <laughs> Superlative picks, uh, locks of the week. Mine were, mine was Nebraska plus two and a half. Stu had Oregon minus 15 and a half. David, what was yours? My lock of the week. Yeah. Uh, my lock is Texas state and coastal Carolina over 58. Shout out to G.J. Kinney. Jumped in the river after the game along with the university president. Texas State has been one of the best stories in college football this year. But if you watch their games, 
every game it's like 51 38 <laughs> it is fantastic football uh football on espn plus if you get a chance uh but texas state and coastal this week over 58 uh there's still some remnants of the uh of the jamie chadwell offense at coastal that tim beck is running it's it's not great but they they can score they can score it seems Steve's like they, some... they they dug themselves in a hole early, but they they're playing a lot better mm-hmm. now. Coastal. It doesn't sound like Grace McCall is going to play, but they they've done well without him. Uh, Stu's got some nuts in the oven, so we got to hurry this up here. Uh, <laughs> we have the same <laughs> trap game, Stu. So why don't you explain it for everyone? Well, it was no, Arizona. We, it was Arizona, Colorado. Right? No, Ari, we both have the same. Oh, trap Oh, me game. and you do. Okay, yeah, we do. Uh, it's like a really real ch- right there. It's isn't there's it right a real there? chance for Oklahoma State to put their nuts in an, in the oven here in this, in this <laughs> game. You're going down. You're going. You're going down to the bounce house. Obviously, you're coming off of the Oklahoma win last week and all that was invested into that and all that. But like the other side of this is UCF has been a lot more sound since they got John Rice Plumley back. They're pretty dangerous, and I think Oklahoma State can score enough to win this game, but. Any, I mean, you're on the road in conference, and you got a team that really needs a win, really wants to win, and, and has the bodies to do it. It's getting healthier. Careful, careful, pokes. Careful. Just be careful. I like it. I like it's, it. a, it's an emotional... First of all, the spread is three. So, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's... Uh, careful. Careful. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be uh, tough sledding, I think. Okay. My sickos game of the week uh, involves Iowa and Rutgers. I don't know if that needs to be explained. Rutgers is a much better football team than they've been in the past. But if you're not gambling on this game, why are you watching it? Twenty-eight and a half, Ari. Twenty-eight and a half. It it feels like you know uh, that episode of Seinfeld where Kramer drives the, the 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 test drive and they go past the E. It feels like it feels like with the Iowa offense, we're just in the front seat, just putting our hands together and mashing the gas pedal and seeing how far we can go. I mean, are we? Can we see? Can we get under twenty five? You know, I live now. bet. It's time to I dream. live bet the game last week at halftime under fourteen and a half because <laughs> I wanted to see if I could win a game total at fourteen and a half, um, and I lost. But I shouldn't have lost. Like I was, I was there there with a few minutes left. Um, but yeah, twenty eight and a half. I don't know. Rutgers has a has some guys on. I don't know. Yeah, under seems like the play here, huh? Yeah, I, I feel mean, like every single. Vegas just can't bring themselves like they keep nudging it down a little bit, a little bit, and they can't just bring themselves to be like, you know what? It's 18 and a half. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody keeps saying, look how slow the under is every single week. And it keeps hitting every week. <laughs> yeah, it hits every that's week. That's the funniest part about it. Yeah. That's yeah the it's not going part. over. Yeah. <laughs> but Rutgers has some life to it. But they're, but they live off of their defense in a lot of ways. And Gavin Wimsat, I like him, but yeah. I don't like him against Iowa's defense. Look for Iowa's defense to put some points on the board in this game. Stu, you got anything else you want to talk about before you go? I believe I'm supposed to share my um, Sickos game of the week. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what I was, that's what I meant. Yeah. So it's kind of like that Maryland Nebraska game we were talking about where uh, Maryland has been just going in the complete wrong mm-hmm. direction. Syracuse, very similar. Um, haven't won since oh, I don't even remember when, and Pitt's just been bad all year. Mm-hmm. So this is like, and it's at Yankee Stadium. So is it really? Can we stop this? What is I'm, with the I'm Northeast so, wanting I'm to so play done games? With the, the baseball game. Baseball <laughs> Did you stadium. like in the uh, the uh, Northwestern Iowa game last week that they had to take like a ten minute stoppage twice in the fourth quarter to fix like a sinkhole in the middle <laughs> of the field? <laughs> it was after they tried it, a failed bush pu- or a failed uh, tush push. Stuff happens like that too in like the bowl games they're played in the baseball stadiums, like. There's like there's this they're trying to send this message like, you know, it's very fun. It's novel. 
you probably shouldn't be doing this. And yeah, we, no, we keep doing it. I've got it. a good idea. We should be playing football games on battleships. Now that I'd watch. <laughs> um, also, they just tried to play a college basketball game on a battleship. Michigan State was in it. I don't remember what year. There's, and there's there was too much, so much dew on the court. There was too much dew. They had to cancel it. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, not to wish injury, but if they had kept playing it, tell me you could have not watched that. I would I watch every watch second. Oh, it was of great to watch. It was just completely, on a un- completely unsafe. I want to watch college basketball with double rims. That's what I want to watch. Like Why? on a like on From a like on a street court. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I uh, dare people to, to watch all three and a half hours of this. But was it, isn't Northwestern going to be playing a ton of games in November the next few years in Wrigley Field because of their stadium renovations? They well, no, I, I they've got to deal with Wrigley. Like they, I think they're going to be playing every year, every other year in Wrigley Field, regardless of the stadium renovation. There's still the stadium renovation. I mean, there's like there was a city council meeting recently. Like they haven't actually gotten it approved yet. And, oh, and okay. The, I Evanston, thought that was like Evanston is. Evanston residents are furious and they had a uh, like a marathon city council meeting recently about this and people got into a fist fight. Oh, you know, nice. it's uh, it's not exactly, Sounds- um, you know, if they were trying to build a new stadium in Tuscaloosa, it would probably go a lot smoother than this. Right. Do people like these Wrigley games. Why do they keep doing them? I don't I don't get it. You know who they're good for? Iowa fans. Like that was like 80 yeah. <laughs> percent Iowa fans at that game. Yeah. Well, all right, it was Sue, cool. Though, it pre- was cool the first time. I remember game day came. Yeah. It, but now remember that was the one where they figured out the last second, like they didn't have enough room behind one of the end zones, so the yeah, teams went in the same direction because he fractured yeah. his skull. Uh, but it, no, it's, it's cool. It's all saying it's cool to do once, and then maybe we, yeah, yeah. You know, use moving. these the fr- stadiums that we only get to use seven times a year on our campuses. Maybe use them next week. We got to come up with like new concepts of like where could they play. I was watching Friday Night Lights, and because uh, that's the thing I'm watching right now before I go to bed. I'm rewatching Friday Night Great Lights, show. the show. Cow Pasture we're the, Game. We're, we're on the episode of the Cow Pasture Game where he's trying to set that up and all that. Um, well, my cool idea thing. for a long time that I pitched, and I did get a chance to pitch this in person to Crystal Connie and Ross Bjork and Destin, but the first Texas Texas A&M game, play it at Texas Motor Speedway in front of 250,000 people. I recognize it's a terrible idea, but I want to see it just for the spectacle. I told them about it in Destin at SEC meetings and... Unfortunately, they did say they'd both get fired. Why is it a terrible? Why is it a terrible idea? Because uh, it's a terrible viewing experience. Like they did that. The they Tennessee played a game at. Um, yeah, but yeah, and even that was bad. But Bristol is a really, really small NASCAR track. I know you're a huge NASCAR head, Stu. You a big NASCAR guy? I don't. I don't, even, I don't know anything <laughs> about any of this. So, so I'm gonna, Bristol. So Bristol Texas is a very small track. Is different. It's like from, the biggest. It. It's like the biggest uh, track. Okay. Okay. Are you a NASCAR person? Me? Who, me? Yeah. Or David? No. I know you're no. not, Stu. I, I don't need to ask you. I was just <laughs> no, asking I'm David. Not. No, I'm not. But very, I know enough uh, about college football, NASCAR. No, I don't Why don't like they the play a football game on the Las Vegas Strip where they're setting up this F1 race? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd watch. Um, I don't know how they I don't know how they're gonna race cars on the Las Vegas Boulevard, but I'm very curious about that. Why don't they yeah. do, you know, like the baseball um field of dreams thing? Like just build a field in the middle of a cornfield somewhere and have a college football game. I'm into that. I'm into that. But no, playing at Texas Motor Speedway would be awesome for a spectacle and terrible for the 280,000 people that would pitch that would uh, that would buy tickets to it. So Stu, thanks for stopping by. We appreciate it. It was an hour and 15 minutes. We went a little bit a little bit longer than we usually do, but I'm honored. I, I, this is my first appearance on the show. I'm I'm honored that yeah. I got the invite. Am I banned you know? from the Audible? 
You always you keep saying that, but I feel like you've been on like seven times in the last year. No, not yeah. since you, not not I haven't been on at all in the last year. You know, and you Bruce were keeps telling me that you were the reason I'm banned. That it and was I your keep call. telling you, and I keep telling you, Bruce was the reason you were banned. Yeah, <laughs> kind of weird thing. <laughs> this going is a on good strategy they got out. going on. I need to write take some notes it's an earworm. It gets stuck in your it head. It is. Sure. It is. Thank you guys so much for listening to. The latest edition of Until Saturday, our Picks Edition show. Uh, be sure to follow the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts so that you'll be notified when new episodes are up. We always appreciate a five-star review uh, and a rating. Hit the subscribe button on the YouTube channel to join us every Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, and Tuesday for our live streams. And also be sure to subscribe to the podcast channel to listen to us in your car or on your run or whatever it is that you're doing in your day. The next time we talk will be Saturday night for the reaction podcast and live stream. It might be a little bit later this week because I'm covering a night game and that always gets a little bit tough. I'll be at the Texas um, TCU game, which I think is going to be exciting. Quinn Ewers seems to be back. Uh, That's going to be fun. And, you know, as we talk about the college football playoff, I've also realized that we haven't really spent enough time talking about Texas as a team that, you know, is right in the thick of things there. So we'll get into that after I cover the game on Saturday. Again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much to Stuart Mandel for joining us. Have a really good lunch today. I know you're looking forward to it. And Dave, (laughs) talk to you on Saturday. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Bring back the turnover, Jake.